my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? Well, I thought since it's June and the Olsen twins have a birthday on June 13th that I would share the second of two Michelle birthday episodes. The episode I'm going to be discussing today is going to be the first of the two-parter, Season 5, Episode 9, entitled Happy Birthday Babies Part 1. Part 2 is going to be saved for next year when I cover the Jesse and Becky arc from their first meeting to their almost wedding to their uh, engagement to their wedding and so on. To the birth of the twins. Yeah. So that's going to be saved for that. Happy Birthday Babies Part 1 aired on November 12th, 1991, so this was an hour-long special. The first half, of course, is mainly going to include clips of Michelle from previous seasons. Since this is season five, they're going to be clips from seasons one through four. Each of the family members, I believe, does have a special flashback moment with Michelle. This episode sets up Michelle's fifth birthday party. The party has not happening. It's not happening until part two. They're getting things ready and organized. Michelle is upset because Danny takes her picture for her fifth birthday, puts it in her baby book, baby book, thus concluding the baby book. And Michelle gets angry, says, I don't want my book to be over with, especially when... The family starts talking about how when the twins are born, we will start a baby book for them. Michelle throws a tantrum, runs upstairs saying, hey, I'm staying four years old. This episode has a 6.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb based on 149 ratings. It was directed by Jeff Franklin, writer Jeff Franklin, the creator and we got some user reviews here. We also got connections. Let's go to the user reviews. This one's got a low rating. 3 out of 10. How rude. This uh, this review actually was from April 13th, 2019. I am not a fan of flashback episodes, but unfortunately most TV sitcoms have at least one of those throughout the whole series run. Thus, it doesn't surprise me that Full House had to make one as well. However, that should not be an excuse for airing such an such an uninspired, dry, and unnecessary episode. Considering the fact that Michelle is my least favorite character, the episode was just a pain in the neck to watch. Alright, this person also gives it a 3 out of 10. This is from February of 2019. Meaningless best of episode. You know show episodes that mostly contain flashbacks? I hate that. It's just the writer's lazy out thinking a compilation will make the audience have a good time like they did days or weeks before it's just it just makes it all redundant it is a mere hours before Michelle's fifth birthday and they look at photos 
in her baby book. When that finishes, the newer things come done. Well, you know, what do I always say? Everyone's entitled to, to their own opinion. Yes, they are. All right, we got some connections. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Michelle asks Uncle Jesse how long until their party starts. He says, hold on, IMDB kicked me out. Uncle Jesse t tells her how long until her party starts. He says, it's two Sesame Streets and a Mr. Rogers. So basically, each program is 30 minutes. She's looking at it at least an hour and a half. We get a goof, continuity, and a flashback to episode 416 when Michelle is digging in the couch for spare change. She says, all right, a nickel, but she's clearly holding a quarter. Well, maybe she does, I mean, she's what, four at the time? So maybe she has not grasped the concept of the difference in change. Yes, there's different colors, there's different set. Well, if you think about it, the penny's the only copper coin there and then you have of course the nickel the dime and the quarter and the 50 cent piece which how often do we see that anymore those are all silver so she probably hasn't yet learned to identify the proper amount or um that each coin is worth or maybe she's got confused who knows also i remember from that episode she also pulled a nasty stale probably covered in hair and lint Cheeto from underneath the couch cushion. cushion. Ugh, and she eats it. Ugh. That's, trust me, don't, 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 don't be eating stuff out from underneath the couch, couch cushions. That's just gross. We have Soundtrack, You Are So Beautiful, written by Dennis Wilson, Bruce Fisher, and Billy Preston, performed by Joe Crocker. Now, I didn't really think of this until after I recorded uh, the Season 3, Episode 10, The Greatest Birthday on Earth. And I thought about it because I'm currently watching different strokes on DVD. And they had a similar situation. Uh, Arnold and Willis had a similar situation to what Jesse, Stephanie, and Michelle go through when they're locked in a garage. So I'm going to read the post that I made. Two shows, similar concepts. Being locked in, who had it worse? In, season, in Full House Season 3, Episode 10, The Greatest Show on Earth, Jesse, Stephanie, and Michelle get locked in an auto mechanics garage slash gas station. It's constantly called a gas station. They're there for about three hours. They have access to running water, a toilet, and a vending machine, but no phone. What's that? Oh. However, plenty of room to move around, and they throw Michelle a circus party using what they have available to them, so they improvise. In Different Strokes Season 2, Episode 21, Valentine's Day Retrospective, Willis and Arnold are locked in a storage room below their, their penthouse. They're locked in there for a whole school day, so maybe seven to eight hours. It's a small space, no ventilation, no toilet, no running water. Arnold at one point is so hungry he almost attempts to eat his shoe. The boys pass the time by telling stories for us, flashbacks to previous season two episodes. Mr. Drummond never gets a call from the school saying the boys never showed, which is bogus. Nowadays, if you are not there, I'm sure you're, you're getting a phone call home. 
someone's calling the parents. Someone's emailing, texting the parents to say, where is your child? You did not call them an absent today. Mr. Drummond only learns of the boys' absence through Arnold's friend calling to say that Arnold wasn't in school. I mean, I know at that time it was 1979, but seriously, good grief. Um, the Full House episode, Circus Garage Lock-In episode, was actually in 1989, roughly a good decade after this. The end result for me, how I feel, Willis and Arnold had it way worse. If not for that phone call, who knows when the boys would have gotten out. At least Danny knows where Jesse and the girls were in the Full House episode, and I honestly feel... Danny should have said, hey, Joey, I haven't heard from Jesse and the girls in a while. Especially, and it's been three hours. I'd be getting panicked. He should have had Joey drive down there and pick them up or call the police or something. Seriously. Elmer's auto garage or whatever has got to be in the phone book. Definitely, I bet a lawyer was called or somebody because that is a very. Also, one of my circus memories, my earliest one, and I was telling my dad this years ago, and he's like, I can't even believe you remembered that because you were like four at the time. We were at a circus, we were sitting on the bleachers, and all I remember is my, it must have been around springtime because it was a light pink jacket, I remember. It fell, like, between the slats of the bleachers, and my, I remember my dad having to go and get, like, climb in behind there to get my jacket. <laughs> um, another time I went to the circus, I was probably about... Maybe 10. I think 10. I had stayed at my Aunt Janice's, and she was dating this one guy who had kids who were probably, like, a year or so younger. One was, I think they were a couple years younger than me. And I remember just sitting there watching the circus, and my eyes just filled up with tears, and I started crying, and my aunt's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing, nothing's wrong. It's almost like this sense of emotion just came over me, and it's like, I didn't know how to express it. I I was having a good time, but just the idea that I didn't get to do stuff like that very often, and the idea that this would end and everything, it's just, maybe it just, it became too much. Um, The last circus, I gotta say... I would have been to would have been probably 2004, 2005 when Jeremy and I went to go see, I think it was the Shriner Circus back in the day. And I remember because I took pictures of the elephants and the tigers and I guess I think there were little lambs there. It was cute. But it, it was fun. It was, a, it was a good time and that is the last time I've ever been to a circus. And um, the only birthday party I can think of when I was around Michelle's age. I had to have been five or six. One of them, or maybe four or five. I really, it's hard to remember because it's the last birthday I remember having with my mom around before um, she had that major stroke and she was put in an adult care home. 
Um, but it was a fun little birthday party, and I, whenever I tell this story, people just look at me like, what was your mom thinking? There was, like, um, a glass mixing bowl or something that had, like, cotton balls in it, and there, I think there might have been glue or, like, Elmer's glue or something, something attached to them, and the game was, you stick your face in the bowl, and you see how many come, you come, you lift your head up, you see how many are sticking to your face, and whoever has the most. I remember my cousin Laura, who was younger than me by a few years, she refused absolutely to participate, which I understand. You're sticking your face in cotton balls and glue. Of course, you don't want to stick your face in there. But after that, it was pretty much um, birthdays at my Aunt Debbie's house with the kids. When I think my, my eighth birthday would have been the first one when I was living with them. And I had gotten the Little Mermaid from my mom. My aunt and had brought, you know, her kids, you know, took me to see my mom. And the thing is, that morning, my dad had come over and given me the Little Mermaid on VHS. And, of course, when we went and saw my mom... She had ended up giving me the same thing, and my cousin John, who was like four or five at the time, was like, she already has that. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, is that the visit that he also pulled the fire alarm at that place? It was a really cool facility that my mom was staying at. It had an air hockey table, and also I remember one visit, like, um, it was my mom and, like, there was a driver and, like, a couple other people. We went to Blockbuster and we got Steel Magnolias and I think I got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I don't think we stayed long enough to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But anyway, it's just, I remember that. So my dad, of course, took his copy back of Little Mermaid and we're looking, like, through the little booklet. Of, you know the one that comes with the clamshell cases. And so I was like, oh, these movies are also available on VHS. What? You know? And I was going to go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Because I liked it at the time. My cousin's like, no, no. Get Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because we've seen it. It's a good movie. And I did ask my dad to get me that one. And he did. And I remember when I went home on the weekend, I walk in the door. My sister, my older sister, Nicole, is already watching the movie. She did the same thing. When I turned, like, um, 9 or 10, when I got the movie Hook for my birthday, and she was watching, it was, like, towards the end of the movie, and I hadn't even seen it. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I pulled out my baby book. It's not really, it doesn't have much in it, but it says my name, Angela Jean Rash. That's what my name was before it is now. So we named the baby, and then it has my name. It says, because God sent her to us as a little angel. Arrival time, 2 o'clock p.m. on a Tuesday, on August 24th. I weighed 1 pound 6 ounces and 13 inches long. That is an inch. That's a basically a 12-inch ruler, and then like an inch after that. Oh, my goodness. It says I had reddish blonde hair and blue eyes. Interesting. Here it is. This, oopsie. This is what my mom wrote in here. And I want to read this because I remember when my dad and Nicole are saying, oh, we got your baby book. You really need to read. It says Mother's Hospital Diary on it. 
and I'm going to read it. It's about when my mom was being sent to the hospital with toxemia, and I was she wasn't very far along with me. Maybe she might have been six months in, but I'm going to read it. I was admitted to the hospital on Monday, August 23rd, 1982, because they thought I had toxemia, and sure enough, that's what I had. Monday evening, I started vomiting. I'm sorry, guys. I know this is TMI, but this is my mom's handwriting, and it's just another piece of my mom that I get to have. So she started vomiting and then started retaining water. Then all of a sudden, all kinds of doctors and nurses came in. I really know what I really know what was happening. All I was thinking was I'm going to lose the baby or maybe even my life. So I started praying like never before. God has been so good to me. First of all, if it hadn't been for the doctor looking over all my charts and then admitting me in the hospital, I wouldn't be here writing this now. I can't begin to thank God for all that he's performed in my life in the past three months. Then I had a little one pound six ounce baby girl who was a little angel from God. <laughs> this is just, this is, this is so beautiful. This is, this is what my mom was thinking right before she had me. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking through it. A lot of memorable firsts. There's nothing written here. Nothing as far as if she had a shower. No cards, gifts, or flowers. Uh, commons. Uh, the family tree is definitely not filled out. No footprints here, but they would be on my birth certificate. Birth announcement. They didn't do that, and I had asked my dad, like, why was there no birth announcement for me? And he said, well, we didn't think that you would survive, because mind you, this is 1982, and I was upon the six ounces. They had um, somebody, uh, pastor or priest, come in to do the last rites for me. Um, an emergency baptism, all of that stuff. So, um, wow, this is just, oh, here we go. What's this say? Started, I did what? December 1st, 19, oh, I started crawling on my belly on Thursday, December 1st, 1983. So that was... I was a year and a little over three months. Oh, here we go. This is cool. March. And here I thought there wasn't much filled out. There's th This is cool. This is the first time I think I'm seeing this. March 9. What, what does this say? 83. Said. So the doctors in comments and instructions. Long's good. We can give her, give her cereal. And fruit. One teaspoon of something. April 20th. Oh, okay. Said we could decrease. Um, I was just talking about the medication that I was on. Because I was, guys, I was on a lot of medication. Oh, my gosh. Toys. It says teddy bear, doll, and a toy sock. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. This is so cool. Baby visitors, Grandpa Cliffman, Grandma Cliffman, Grandpa and Grandma Rash, Aunt Sandy, Rachel, Yvonne, Janice, Diane, Uncle Dwayne and Aunt Debbie. They were the ones that I would um live with when I was seven until I uh the summer I turned nine. Uncle Hank and Aunt Wilma. They must be my mom's relatives. Um, this is just wow. Wow. So at six months, I weighed six pounds and 20 in 20 and a half inches. Uh, six and a half, I weighed seven pounds, six ounces. And I don't see a number for my age there, but it says 10 pounds, four ounces and 22 and a half inches. People that came to my party, sixth birthday. If this is my mom's writing, you can definitely tell that my mom's writing was getting worse. It's, wow. This is, so yeah, guys, I just, I wanted to share that with you. You guys know I get personal on the podcast, and I love being able to share this. Whether or not you guys are going through something, you know, similar as far as, if you had a, a parent who was sick and, and stuff like this, or you were born premature, I just, I really like being able to share this all with you. It really, really means a lot to me. So that being said, let's jump into this episode. So we open the episode as Michelle is actually walking up to Jesse and Becky's little loft apartment. You can see that they have the, um, they got the... Cribs mostly set up. They they really Becky is almost ready to deliver. They have car seats. They have the little baby baths. They got pretty much two of everything. They also have the um. I'm trying to think what is it called? It's like the baby the swing the the swing that goes back and forth and it plays like a little lullaby. They also have the little um playpen thing where they can put the baby down and stuff like that. The only thing that is not finished is the nursery, which is probably one of the most important parts. Jesse really needs to get that done. He's had plenty of time. Although, I mean, yes, he does have a commitment with his band. He's, whoopsie, he's not a jingle writer anymore. He does not own the Smash Club yet. He... Is he on the radio show at this point? I don't think he is. This wouldn't be until, like season five or later in season five or I think even season six so my show's like it's my birthday it's my birthday and I used to do this a lot as a kid as I would as soon as August 1st hit it's like countdown 23 days to my birthday on the 24th of August I would bug my grandma my dad my aunt my sister whoever would listen I would be like calling them up or whenever I'd see them this many more days, or hey, this many more years until I get my driver's license. And they'd always laugh like, ha 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 ha, yeah, we'll be off the road when you're on the road. Just let us know when you're on the road, we'll stay off it. And one of my early, I cannot, I had to have been like three or four at the time. And I told my dad, I'm like, I remember one birthday, I woke up and I went into your and mom's room and I was like, it's my birthday, it's my birthday, wake up. <laughs> I remember doing that. So Michelle's kind of wandering around like, happy birthday to me. 
Where is everybody? And Jesse, of course, he's got his tool belt hanging off, low, hanging low on his waist. He's coming out of the nursery, so he's clearly working on it. Becky comes out. She's got a hand just under her belly, kind of, you know, holding protectiveness. You know, of her, her, of her twins, they're not going to fall out of there. But, you know, that's probably what every expectant mother does. They're always putting a protective arm around their womb to protect their unborn children. I'm going to play this clip. As she sits on the couch, Jesse is on the edge of the couch, and Becky's right next to him. And Michelle's like, come on, say happy birthday to me. And they're like, well, we said happy birthday to you, like, when you woke up this morning at breakfast in the kitchen and she's like yeah but I want you to say it again and they're like happy birthday Michelle and she's like don't say it if you don't mean it and they're like happy birthday Michelle <laughs> like thank you happy birthday to me <laughs> is there something you like to say to me Michelle said happy birthday to you at breakfast and everyone else we saw you today So she, Becky said, because when Michelle asked how long until her party, Becky's like two and a half, basically two hours, 29 minutes. And Jesse's like, that's like two Sesame Streets and a Mr. Rogers. Is Sesame Street an hour long? I want to look that up. One of them's got to be, so that's got to be two Sesame Streets, which are, if they're an hour long, and then Mr. Rogers, which is like a half hour. I'm, I'm guessing. Maybe things have changed. Sesame Street. Where is it? Why am I getting Game of Thrones coming up? Here we go. 69. How long was the show? It's Okay, it's 55 minutes. So it is two Sesame Streets and a Mr. Rogers, which has got to be at least a half hour. Is it? Yep. All right. Well, Jesse was right. Why did I think that Sesame Street was a half hour, half hour long? I don't know. And of course, Michelle's like, oh, this is the longest day of my life. And they've been telling her happy birthday at breakfast and every single place they ran into her in the house. They, they've told her happy birthday. Like, they're, they're happy birthdayed out. All right, now we cut down to the living room as Joey is making some sort of a balloon animal. No trips to any auto mechanic garages. No trips with the birthday girl. Just everyone stay at home for now. So Michelle is just aching, aching to start this party, like, right now. And Steph, uh, DJ's like, yeah, but your friends aren't here yet. She's like, I don't care. I want, I want to start the party now. I don't want to wait anymore. I can't wait. She's like, who needs them? We got cake. We got balloons. Eventually presents will make an occurrence or make an appearance. So, yeah, I know. No one likes to, especially the day of, especially if you're having a big, crazy banger party. 
I gotta say, the two nights that are probably the hardest to sleep, right? Christmas Eve, the day before your birthday. Of course, maybe the day before school, but that's a whole nother thing. That's more like dreading. I'm talking about excitement, I can't sleep. I just want it to happen right now. But after that, it's like, well, once the birthday's over, it's like, well, what is there to look forward to, Christmas? Because Michelle's birthday, I believe, is in November, so they're not far off from Christmas. your friends get here why don't we take your official birthday picture for your baby book jess you grab the book joey set up the shot i'll grab the camera it's gonna be the best picture i ever took all right okay now give me a big five-year-old smile <laughs> you the other five-year-old <laughs> all right michelle this has everything in your whole entire life starting from the day you were born Look, Michelle, here's your birth announcement, and there's your hospital bracelet. What's this? This is your very first tube of diaper rash cream. <laughs> <laughs> I used to rub it on your little tushy. Dad. Oh, all right, this is the picture I took the day Joey and I moved in. Remember the first time we tried to change Michelle's diaper? All right, so Danny suggests, like, hey, while we're waiting, why don't we take a picture for your birthday so we can add it to your baby book? And he puts it in there, and I want to rewind it. Let's see what stuff she's got. she got the birth announcement, the, um, the hospital bracelet. No pictures of Michelle in the hospital. No pictures of Pam holding Michelle. I'm sure the last thing they wanted was to open that sad, sad box. Because they already pretty much covered that in Goodbye, Mr. Bear. So we have the announcement, which says a new daughter. We see the hospital bracelet. Oh, what looks like a little bit of hair from her first haircut. And a empty tube of baby butt cream. Which Danny, of course, embarrasses Michelle. Like, I used to rub it on your little tushy. And Michelle's like, Dad, please. Embarrassed. Danny flips the page. We get shots of Danny reading to Michelle, which looks like these are all set shots or promotional shots from the episode. One of them looks like when Danny was reading to Michelle when Bullet sank to the bottom of the bay, so Danny's big 3-0. Another one is... Michelle is in a diaper. She's in her playpen. Jesse's kind of hanging over. His arms are, like, draped over the side into... He's smiling at Michelle. There's another one of Michelle where she's laying down on a blanket. She's got her finger in her open mouth. There's another one where... Which is going to jump right into the fla first flashback, which is... Hey... Jesse, remember when we first tried to change Michelle's diaper? You know, when we first moved in here? And he's like, yeah, tell me about it. I still have nightmares. I'm like, uh, Jesse, you're gonna have two babies coming. You better put that, uh, diaper nightmare in the back of your mind because it is gonna be diaper central once, uh, the babies come. 
All right, well, this first flashback takes us way back to the pilot episode five seasons ago. The very first episode. Our, our very first show, season one, episode one. Jesse and Joey are in Michelle's room. We get a shot of Michelle just laying there looking very uncomfortable in her crib. And Joey, of course, is like, Jesse, what do we, I mean, what if she needs to be changed? And Jesse, of course, he don't want to get his hands there. He's like, go check it out, Joey, go on. And, of course, Joey probably slips a finger into Michelle's diaper to feel for wetness. He's like, oh, we got a winner here. She definitely needs to be changed. And the look on Joey's face is like, gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, it's wet. Oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely got a wet one here. Well, actually, now that I think about it, when they pull her diaper back when they're in the kitchen momentarily, like, oh, so it's got to be a poopy di- Joey, wash your hands, sanitize your hands, whatever you got to do. And Joey, of course, is just uh, like, come on, Joey, what do you think? He's like, well, now what do we do? And Jesse's like, Joseph, put yourself in her shoes. What would you want to have done if you were sitting in a soiled diaper? And to Joey's credit, of course, he's like, well, I've never changed a diaper before. And Jesse's like, well, I have not either, but you've touched one. I mean, come on, guys, it's not, it's not difficult to change a diaper. Granted, the last time I changed the diaper was probably back in 1995-96, So it's been quite a while, let's just put it that way. But I'm sure it's almost like riding a bike. Like, if you haven't ridden a bike in 20 plus years, you get on, you start pedaling, boom. That's where the, it's just like riding a bike, that expression comes from. So Jesse finally is like, uh, tired of Joey's hemming and hauling, like, oh, 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 what do we do? What do we do? He's like, okay, you step out of the way. You watch the master here. Jesse lifts his hands into the crib, pulling Michelle out, having her, like, as far as away from his body while still holding onto her under the armpits. Like, all right, come here, child. Let's go. And Joey, of course, is like, I'll take the south end as he grabs Michelle's feet. And they're kind of doing a, I'm going down the stairs, not watching what's behind me. You're looking forward. And they're going one step, two step, one step, two step. Of course, Stephanie, who's downstairs, is like, oh, this will be interesting. As Jesse and Joey headed into the kitchen. Like, all right, showtime. <laughs> Stephanie and I was like, this is going to be fun. These guys have never changed a diaper before. I'm sure otherwise they wouldn't be reacting this way. So they're like, where do we put Michelle? Well, first of all... <laughs> and the thing is, in another episode in season one, they have a changing table in the bathroom. You've taken her the farthest away from where she really needed to be, where all your supplies are going to be. So they're like, oh, where do we put her in the kitchen? We're in the kitchen. Where does she go? Joey grabs the pot. Like, here we go. We'll put her in the pot. And Jesse's like, Joey, please, this is a living thing. Use that meat rack over there. So they pop in the meat rack in the pot. They put Michelle in. Like, all right, let's uh, let's take this diaper off. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, she, uh, blah. 
Guys, seriously, if you changed the diaper before, you know, like, human feces. And baby poo has got to be the worst out of anything. It's probably got to be right up there with dog poo. It's really rancid. What you think about any kind of poo is going to be icky. See, a litter box only works for a cat if they put the litter on top of it afterwards. Otherwise, it's going to stink, right? Right, Quinn? Oh, she's not. Oh, there she is. Right, Quinny? Yep, I, I think she answered me. I can't tell. She's too busy staring out the sliding glass door. So Stephanie pops her little tush on the stool next to the kitchen island there, the breakfast bar, and she's like, all right, I got a front row seat to this because I, uh, I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> oh, mind you, if you look, hmm, what's in that red package that's right next to Stephanie? Oh, what's the diapers? Notice how the guys can't see it because the diapers are almost... They're to too low to really see. They're just below the countertop of the breakfast bar. So, and before when I covered the first episode, I did make the comment of that pot is a little too close to the edge of that kitchen counter. It makes me nervous the way Michelle's kind of leaning backwards. But, of course, it's it's fine. It's safe. Stephanie, who's probably used to have seen her mother change Michelle's diaper. And it's like, are you going to cook Michelle? Which... Makes sense, because they have her in a pot. What else do you do with something in a pot? Well, you cook it, or you boil water, and this and that. So I would say her question is kind of semi-valid. And Joey's like, well, we're changing her diaper. And Stephanie's like, oh, really? Well, then how do you roast a turkey? <laughs> Jesse cuts in with, look, Steph, we're busy. Joey, take the diaper off. I'm like, all right, you're in control there, Joey. They pulled the diaper. They, they lift the tabs off, pull the diaper forward. The smell just permeates the air. Oh, my. Ugh. You are not. Oh, and that's a kid. You cook in there. You cook on that countertop, too. This smell is going to linger. Danny has not hit the OCD phase yet of, you know, we don't know him as Mr. Cleanaholic yet. He's not hit that plateau. Baby Michelle is just loving this. She's like, yeah, I'm not wearing a diaper. <laughs> and, of course, Joey uses tongs, which, again, those will have to be thrown out. He uses tongs to pull the diaper off of Michelle completely. He's like, oh, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? It's almost like his mind is going a thousand miles an hour. It's like, oh, what? what? Mostly you would put it in the trash. You usually have a diaper pail, right? There's no diaper pail down here in the kitchen because you're not normally going to change a diaper down in the kitchen unless it's an emergency and the baby poops completely out of her diaper. And this is not the situation. So, what does Joey do? Huh. Rubbermaid plastic bin, tub, what have you. Put it in there. Oh, and it's right next to Michelle. How convenient. Slap that lid on there. Joey is just, or Jesse is just looking at Joey rolling his eyes like, oh my god. Great, Joey, that's a great idea. Keep it fresh. If anything, it's going to contain the smell for at least a smidge. Throw that Rubbermaid container out. Throw it out with the trash. Throw it outside. The, the, let the air have that smell because that'll very quickly dissipate. You won't even know it's there. 
All right, of course. What happens after you take off the diaper? Well, you gotta clean the baby's bottom. They don't have wipes. What's the next best thing? Well, here we go. Attached to the kitchen sink is this convenient spray nozzle. And it's got a very steady stream. And, of course, Joey starts spraying, sprays over the counter onto the floor. Someone's going to break their neck walking into that kitchen. It's probably going to be Danny. And Jesse's holding on to Michelle under the armpits like, Hey, you're missing, you're missing, over here. I'm right, I got her right here. Just aim the flow in this direction. They get her bottom wet. Like, here, this will be fine. And they're like, oh, well, we need to dry her off. Oh, here we go. A little miniature fan right on the kitchen counter. Works like a dream. They wave her fanny. Fan her fanny. Fan her fanny. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well. Gotta completely dry her off. We gotta, you know, make a makeshift diaper. What do we got? Oh, the paper towels spinning around. Joey, you you wrap around me. I'm holding Michelle. Oh, here we go. Oh, man, what are we gonna do? Oh, this paper towel. It's gotta actually fit to her body. Oh, wow. Look, it's a little knee, uh, what's the word? Uh, nylon sack that would normally hold, like, apples or something. Here we go. We'll stick her body right in there. Boom. Super absorbent. How about that? And I love how when they're, like, fanning their fanny with the little miniature fan, they're like, oh, I would kill, babies today got a mate. I would kill for this kind of service. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we should be mothers. <laughs> I just think that's so cute. I love how in the background they have a um, dust buster on a charger. I love how Jesse and Joby, before the clip completely ends, how Jesse's like, oh, got a spill on the counter? And Joey's like, yeah, just wipe it up with baby tiny bottom. <laughs> so we come out of the clip. Here's what Michelle has to say about this little scenario. You guys are dumb. <laughs> oh, we were learning on the job. Yeah, every time you had a first, we had a first. Like the first time we tried to give you cough medicine. <sighs> All right, Joey, you try to give her a medicine. I give up. Okay, Michelle. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, come on. It tastes really good. Watch this. Baby's watching you. Ooh. Ooh. And she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow. Ooh. This stuff is terrible. So, of course, Michelle's like, you guys were dumb. And Jesse's like, hey, give us a break, all right? We are learning on the job. And I love Joey's response also with... Well, Michelle, whenever you had a first, we had a first. Since we're, you know, not professionals doing this, we're rookies. And they also bring up when they tried to give Michelle her cough medicine, which is also from season one. Uh, the episode, Gonna Knock You, I think, it, let me look at it. Guys, I want to get this 100% correct. Because, you know, as I say, I'm a Full House fanatic. I love the show. I know mostly episodes from each season. I just want to get the 100% correct title. I know that this episode is from season one. Some of these clips are going to be from season one. Let me look, 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 look. 
Knock Yourself Out. This is episode seven where Danny is interviewing someone you might know. Where? Well, let me find him. Ernie Hudson. If you guys watch the Ghostbusters movie, he was uh, one of the Ghostbusters. He plays a boxer in this episode. So in this episode, Michelle's got a little bit of a cough, and they get on the phone with the doctor. The doctor says just give her the same stuff that she had last time, which who knows when the last time was she had a little cough and cold. That medicine hopefully is still, hopefully it's not expired, which, I mean, babies get sick all the time, right? That's just their immune system, you know, trying to work and kill the germs and all that good stuff. So, of course, no kid likes to take their cough medicine. Whether you're a nine-month-old baby or you're a six-year-old child, that stuff back in the day, let me tell you, as a kid that grew up having to take that, pure nastiness. Pure grossness. I look at this stuff today. Kids got flavors like grape. They got flavors like bubble gum. I'm like, where was that when I was a kid? Seriously? So let me tell you what's going on in this fun little scene here. Joey is crouched down by Michelle, who's sitting in a little high chair. We got Jesse sitting in a kitchen chair. And they have concocted a little bit of, like, uh, poultry baby food. And they thought, let's slip this in, a little bit of this cough syrup, mix it up with the poultry mush baby food, and feed it to her that way. It's a no-go. She does not want that at all it's almost like because now they have like little greeny like treat things that you can slip a pill into that can kind of you know for dogs and stuff like that um as far as cats go i think i tried that once with quinny and she was not going for it she split it spit it right out like, this doesn't taste like there's just a treat in here. And, of course, Joey does a little airplane. And it hits her lips and doesn't go past. And Joey's trying to butter up. Like, come on, it tastes really good. See, her mouth is open right there. Just shove it right in. Of course, he's like. And, of course, Jesse's face is, like, right down by Michelle's. And he is. Very surprised by, uh, the fact that Joey shoved that into his mouth. Very unaware. Like, I was not prepared for that. And Jesse's like, or Joey's like, Jess, just go with it. The baby's watching you. Because she is, she is, like, got her eyes, like, what's, what's he gonna do? Like, if he says that he doesn't like it, he goes, bleh, and spits it out. Like, I'm gonna know, like, this is not good. Joey's like, smile, the baby's watching you, and Michelle is, and Joey's like, now she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow, and Jesse has got a smile plastered on his face, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this stuff's terrible, which it is, it's gross. Now we cut to another clip, I know it's gotta be from season one, Jesse's the exterminator, he's got the long hair. Just like in the other two clips that we got. He's got long hair throughout entirely of season one. And Jesse and Danny got Michelle dressed up as, came in the mail, little baby sweatband and some little wristbands and stuff like that. Little exercise music. And 
Danny and Jesse are lifting their legs up one at a time, putting their arms in the air, like, almost like they're not doing jumping jacks, but they're like, one and two and one and two. And Michelle's looking at them like, what do you want me to do? Jesse's legs are so close to Michelle, I'm almost afraid that he's going to, like, drop kick her into the door. And I love the Olsen twins' response. Like, she's looking down, watching his feet go up, and just looking like, I don't get it. Like, I'm, you want me to do something? <laughs> I gotta play this clip because this is so funny with Jesse. It's like, well, apparently you feel really secure about those little chubby legs of yours, don't you? And you just see Michelle nod like, sure, yep, yep, I sure do feel secure about my chubby little legs. <laughs> don't fat chain me because I'm a baby. <laughs> Obviously you feel pretty secure about those chubby little legs of yours. <laughs> Now we move to the bathroom where there is a changing table set up. And let me double check when this episode was from our very first promo, which is episode 12. What was it? What? I honestly can't remember what one it was from. Uh, I cannot remember. I don't know what that one, the exercise scene is. I'm going to play this clip because they're just having fun, like, figuring out what kind of hairdo that Michelle is going to have for the promo. And we made our debut as hairstylists. <laughs> Let's give you that Marilyn Monroe look, kind of, yeah, bang, yeah. sweeping to the left, kind of the <laughs> curls framing the face, huh? She said to let people pull that off, but I think it'd be a crime to cover that pretty little face. <laughs> See, I say we pull it back, give her a more sophisticated kind of look, more of the Madonna Brigitte Nielsen kind of thing, like this. See, look. <laughs> That's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> So they're doing things with her, like saying, hey, let's make her look like Marilyn Monroe. Oh, if you pull her top of her hair back all the way back, she looks like she resembles Jack Nicholson. And it's just, <laughs> and then of course they're pulling her, the front of her bangs like upward and Jesse's like, now you got her looking like Don King. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and when they're, J Joey is kind of pulling, like trying to get her hair like pulled upward. You can see for a second that she is not happy. Like you're pulling on my hair. Please stop. I mean, nuts to that saying, pain is beauty. No, 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 no. Not with a baby. But how many little baby girls have had to deal with the fact of the parents like, oh, let's like take all what's on their head and pull it into a ponytail. Let's give them little pigtails. Let's put little barrettes in those. Like, but then again, it's like how many kids when they're like having to get ready for a school picture when they're like five, the mother or the father or whoever is going to you know, do their hair up. Like, oh, let me get the curling iron. Let me uh, do all this stuff. Like, oh my goodness. I've been there. I've been there as a little kid. In fact, I will post a picture of me in pigtails. Very small pigtails. <laughs> Which makes me think of Jim Carrey in that in living color spoof of the hand that rocks, rocks the cradle. 
So this one, I'm not sure. Of course, it's season one. I don't know what episode it's from as Danny's like, hey, Michelle, because they're in the kitchen. She's in her high chair. Like, you'll tell your sisters for me, won't you? And he's like right at eye level with her. And of course, what does Michelle do? Puts out her hand and grabs Danny's nose. Like, oh, what's this thing on your face? I have one, too. Mine's not as big as yours, though. But it's there, so I'm going to touch it. I'm going to grab at it. Alright, so this is just kind of a, a fun little um, clip show where they're, not all of them are being explained. The other one is when Michelle gets her first bed. She's out of the crib. She's got a bed. And, of course, what does a little kid do when they probably transition from a crib to a regular bed or a toddler bed? You're going to jump on the mattress. Of course. It's tradition. It's what you do. You're breaking in the bed. You gotta work out the kinks. How many mattresses have gone to their grave because kids have jumped on them to the point where there's just nothing left? Stuffing's popping out the sides. The, um, the bed frame gives way. The posts break. The mattress slams to the floor. Ugh. You know that song, Five, uh, Five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed, One Fell Off and Broke His Head or something like that? Yeah. Words of warning. You jump up on a bed, you lose your bed. Like a trampoline, right? Of course not. Trampolines all have nets around them. So Jesse puts her on the bed like, alright, you enjoy your bed, sweetie, but no more jumping up and down, okay? She's like, okay, Uncle Jesse. Of course, immediately, as soon as Jesse walks out the door, Michelle slides off the bed, goes to the hallway. We get a sh uh, the camera shot from the hallway as we see Michelle look to her left, look to her right. Like, oh, go coast is clear. I'm jumping on this bed. Oh, she shut that door. Oh, yeah, she shut that door. You're up to no good. You're gonna shut the door. I love this bed. I would love to have a bed where the posts are made from books. Stacks of books. That is, that is a dream. It will probably never happen, but it's a dream I have. Jesse, of course, hears the Michelle bouncing on the mattress, opens the door with this, like, fake stern look on his face. Like, hey, I told you not to jump on that bed, little missy. Little girl. And she's just like, <laughs> Jesse's like, I caught you. Oh, Michelle's first punishment. Yes. What season was that from? I bet that's got to be at least season three. I bet anything that's from. Oh, um, the one where Michelle gets a new bed. That's Granny Tanny. Granny Tanny is. Okay, that's got to be season two. Granny Tanny. Granny Tanny. Apparently it's not season two. Well, what is it then? We know it's not season four. <laughs> Granny Tanny season three, episode five. Michelle's first punishment. Cry I think crimes and uh crimes and uh Where is it? <gasps> Where is it? Oh no. Hold on, I gotta pause it, guys. I'm sure you're like, get on with the episode, I'm really I found it! Only it's in season four. It's episode two of season four. Crimes and Michelle's demeanor. So I like the fact that they finally... They have had enough of Michelle taking advantage. They've let her have her way, have her way for too, too long. 
And finally, like, Danny's got to put his foot down and say, sweetie, what you're doing. I like how he, he turns her around after she's had her punishment, after it's finished. He says, sweetie, daddy, uncle Jesse, and Joey, we are responsible for you. And we know what's best for you. So when we tell you something, you have to do something, sweetie, you do it. Do you understand me? And she's like, yes, daddy. Am I still your little princess? That's just, it's like, because she feels she's being punished. She feels like she's almost been, not so much usurped, but maybe knocked off that pedestal. Like, oh, because daddy punished me, now I'm not his special little baby girl anymore. Which isn't true. He's like, oh, you're still my little princess, sweetie. I still love you. But you need to remember that we are responsible for you and we set rules for a reason. Yeah, let me just say as a kid, when you get punished, it just, you know, it's, uh, sometimes you almost feel like, oh, I can never do right by my parents. Like, oh, they must not love me anymore. And just, I mean, not everyone feels that way. But I think sometimes when you disappointed your parents and you, they give you that look when they say, I don't know if I can try. I mean, this isn't the case in Michelle's case. I mean, DJ definitely gets that in the episode of DJ's First Horse. When Danny says, well, I have a big problem now. And DJ's like, what's that? He's like, well, I don't know if I can ever trust you again. When will I know if you're telling the truth? I mean, you got a horse, horse without my permission and you lied about it for two weeks. I will definitely, I will get to that. Actually, that's going to be a fun little coverage. That one and what was the other, the one I wanted to do. Um, Michelle gets a donkey in season eight. I just thought it would be funny because they're both animals that they end up bringing into the house. And I just thought that would be cute. Because they're almost really similar in a way. Both DJ and Michelle end up losing money. Because DJ, of course, is paying for this horse to be stabled for two weeks. And then Michelle, all the money she made from her lemonade stand, 221 bucks, she ends up losing out because she gives it to a carny grifter, or not a grifter, um, a carny at a, one of those traveling petting zoos who's, like, trying to unload animals on people. Like, you pet it, you bought it, which is the episode's title. And your first punishment. This is no fun, no fun. Looking at the wall. Michelle? Yes, Daddy? Are you ready to be a good girl now? I'll be a very good girl. Good. And did you learn a lesson from all of this? Yes, I did. No swimming in the kitchen. Yes, no swimming in the kitchen. That's a very important lesson. But there's a bigger lesson here. Daddy, Uncle Jesse, and Joey, we know what's best for you. So, honey, when we ask you to do something, you should do it. Deal? You're the boss. Okay, then. Punishment is over. Time to play. <laughs> no, it's not. Time for bed. Can we watch our news? What do you think? I think it's time for bed. You think right. It's time for bed. Too bad, I said. Daddy, am I still your little princess? Oh, you got it, dude. So when he says punishment is over, and he's like, all right, 
it's time for bed. She's like, can we watch Arsenio? And he's like, what do you think? She's like, yeah, I think it's time for bed. And he puts her to bed. And I'm just, when she was sitting in that chair, I'm like, sweetie, put your nightgown down, okay? Keep, keep the nightgown down. I mean, for all I know, when I was wearing a nightgown, I might have done that when I was her age. That's just, who knows? Why? Why we did it? I don't know. I just don't know. But Danny puts her into bed, and that's where she's like, Daddy, and I'm still your little princess. And I love Danny's response where he throws in a Michelle catchphrase, like, Oh, you gotta do it as he sticks out his thumb. Like, honey, yes, you are. You'll never not be my little princess. It's just sweet. And you hear, I love the audience. When Michelle asks that question to Danny, you hear some go, Oh. So now we cut back to present day where Danny, Becky, and Michelle are sitting on the couch. Danny's got the open uh, baby book. And she, Michelle says, Daddy, I like being your little princess. And he's like, oh, I love it too, honey. Here, let's take this Polaroid picture. Which I wanted to bring up when um, Joey had placed Michelle on that little seat cushion. And Danny has the Polaroid camera saying, all right, give me that great five-year-old smile. And Joey, who's right behind Michelle, so she doesn't, like, fall backwards, like, he smiles. And (laughs) Danny's like, no, I meant the other five-year-old. I was going to say, like, yeah, I mean the five-year-old, not the 35-year-old Joey. (laughs) But, of course, he puts it on the last page. Michelle gets upset thinking, what, that's it? Like, my story's finished? And and Danny's like, well, no. I mean, your book is finished, yes. But we still got all these stories to tell about you. And she takes the picture out of... Which Danny is just placing the... Pulls it out, says, that's it. I don't want my book to end. I'm staying four years old as she walks up the stairs. And the family's just like, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We got to cater to this kid. It's her birthday. Uh, yeah, it's her special day. But then again, I mean, they're always giving her special treatment every day of the week. That's because she's a baby. She's Michelle. I like being your little princess. <laughs> oh, I like it too, honey. What do you say? Let's put this new picture on the very last page. That's it. And now the Michelle Tanner baby book has come to an end. That's it? I'm finished? Well, you're not finished, just your book is. Are you going to start a new book? Well, in a few weeks when we have our new twins, we're going to make a new book for them. Yeah. Yeah, Wow, another book. (laughs) I don't want my book to be finished. I want to be the little princess. Forget my birthday. I'm staying four years old. So, when they mention about, like, we'll make a new book for the twins, and even DJ says, well, you're not finished, just your book is. Hence, Michelle, it's called a baby book. You are no longer a baby. You are five now. You gotta accept it, kiddo. You can't. She she walks up the stairs like, I'm staying four years old. Like, sweetie, you are technically already five. You can't go back in time to 24 hours ago when you were still four. She even at one point, like, are we starting a new book, though? I mean, from, like, 5 on to, like, 12. And they're like, well, no. 
It's a baby book. We're just doing the first five years of your life. Honey, if you want to hear stories about yourself, we'll tell you stories anytime you want. I mean, this is your special day and everything like that. We'll tell you stories all the way up until the first guests arrive for your birthday party. I think in a way that maybe Michelle feels because, and I don't know, maybe she doesn't feel this way. With the twins being born, the focus, at least Uncle Jesse's focus, is going to be on these two new individuals, these two new family members. And when the family's like, yeah, we'll start a new book for the twins, Michelle's probably thinking, well, wait, this is my day. We should be talking about me and nothing but me. She doesn't want to be usurped off her, her throne. She's the baby. I mean, these twins are not going to be her siblings, but they're going to be living in the house where a lot of the attention, especially, like I said, Uncle Jesse, who's always been, Michelle's always been his favorite, will always be his favorite, even with his two twins. And, and that probably goes the same for every young child whose parents have a new sibling, thus kicking them out of the youngest member of the family to the middle child. You know, I'm sure Stephanie felt the same way when Michelle came along, and I'm sure that DJ felt the same way when, when Stephanie came along. I mean, think about it. DJ and Stephanie have at least... Probably, well, Michelle or Stephanie was four in season one. Stephanie, or DJ, Stephanie was four, DJ was ten. That's at least six years between them. So that was plenty of time for DJ to feel jealous about the idea of having another sibling. Now then, when Michelle came along, DJ would have been nine or ten years old at the point. So she probably wasn't like, oh, here's another sibling or something like that. My mom's going to pay attention to and everything. But I'm also thinking it's like... <clears throat> Girls, you have something that Michelle will never, ever get to have. And that is you got time with your mother. I know that Stephanie was only four when her mother passed. But even still, she may not remember like the first two years of her life. But that's still time that you had. Michelle will never know her mother's voice. Well, I mean, they do have that videotape. And they did play that in front of her. But she didn't really have a reaction to it. But um, she'll never... No, to even ask questions. Well, there... What am I saying? There is an episode... Um, I believe it's in season five. Yeah, it is. It's in season five where Michelle is feeling like she doesn't have a mother. Well, she doesn't anymore. And because Teddy's like, oh, mommies are great. They do this and that and that. You know, like, wash your clothes. And, and they pack great lunches. And she's like, well, my daddy does this. And my uncle Jesse and Joey do this. And, of course, Teddy has her someone. He's like, mommy, smell nice and wear pretty dresses. Like, oh, yeah, you got me there. And that is releasing some sadness in Michelle of the fact that she doesn't have a mom. And I just, I really wish that baby book is, like, from the time that the pilot episode began onward. There's no picture of Pam in the hospital holding Michelle. There's not even a picture of her coming home from the hospital with Michelle. That would have been a great opportunity to say, see Michelle, look, this is your mommy here. This is, she brought you home. And, and this and that. I mean, it's not like we're not going to get you know, moments of bringing up Pam. We will. Series finale. Michelle's got amnesia. 
he's like, if you're my dad, well, then where's my mom? And then they're like, well, your mommy passed away. She was very beautiful and she loved you so much. And Michelle's like, so you're saying, like, even if I do get my memory back, I won't remember her? And, and Joey's like, well, sweetie, we'll tell you whatever you want to know about her. And none of them bring up the dang videotape that they play from Goodbye, Mr. Bear. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's a sad realization. But that's pretty much as far as that goes. And some of the family, kind of looking at their expressions, some are bothered by it. Some are like, oh, poor Michelle. Becky is, she's about ready to give birth. She's like, this kid, on this, seriously, we're throwing her a big party, and she's having a fit over this. Granted, if I were the parent, I probably would be like, hey, you either straighten up or we cancel your party, and you're going to sit in your room all day. And that's how you'll celebrate your fifth birthday. Granted, yes, that's harsh. Probably if I actually had a kid, I probably wouldn't go that route. But you're not going to reward disrespectful behavior. You're not going to reward a little brat child. And I'm sorry to say that Michelle's cute. She's got funny lines. But they have raised her to expect to get whatever she wants when she wants it. And I once had a conversation. Well, it wasn't so much conversation as an observation to Jeremy. It's like... If Pam had lived, let's just say, Jesse and Joey would come by on occasion, you know, holidays and whatnot. If Pam had lived and had a bigger role in the girls' lives, especially with Michelle, Michelle, I feel, would not have the personality that she has. I mean, she might have it a little bit, but you can better bet that Pam would not be putting up with that behavior. And I know that the guys are probably like, oh, she doesn't have a mom. We need to make up for it. We need to give her what she wants. We got to cater to her hand, or f hand and foot. But in a way, that's she, she is a spoiled little girl. She really, really is. She's a sweetheart, don't get me wrong. She's, a, she's got great observations and all that fun stuff. I mean, that's why, you know, we, we, we love Michelle. We love all of the Tanners. So, um, I remember in the pilot episode, remember, I'll get back to the episode in a minute. I mean, these aren't real, real tangents because they're about previous episodes, but remember in the pilot episode, DJ was going to move, she was, had already moved down to the garage and she was going back down to the garage when Danny stopped her in the kitchen and said, your mom was always so good at this. I would come home from work and everything would be absolutely fine. That's because Pam didn't take any garbage from the kids. And he says, DJ, tell me how mom would have handled this. And DJ said, well, mom would have stopped me going to the garage before I even came down the stairs. Mom knew what I was going to do as soon as I even thought it in my head. It's like, she was that good. She knew me so well. <clears throat> and even thinking back on, on that episode alone, it's the fact that Danny was out of the house. He was working. Yeah, he spent time with his family. It was probably more on the weekends. But Pam Tanner was the one that ruled that house. She made sure laundry was done, dinners were fixed, the kids' problems were all taken care of. So when Danny would come home from his job at night, he would not have to deal with anything. He could just sit down with his wife, enjoy his family, and not have to really be the parent. You know, and, and sometimes that's how it is. The mother will handle the kids. The husband will go on and work. I know that it's just... That's not how it's done today. 
usually parenting in a way is it's a team, right? You handle the kids' problems, responsibilities. You do that together. You're a united front. So, but anyway, I'm getting back to the episode. How's this gonna blow? How's this? We, I think we got some more stories to tell about Michelle. When they start looking for her, like, Michelle, Michelle, where are you? Oh, look at that lump underneath the covers of that bed. Oh, is it Michelle? Why? What do you know? It's Michelle. And she's like, oh, you found me. Big deal. I'm like, I'm like, young lady, you are this close to not having a birthday party today. If you want that to happen, continue with this behavior. Because I'll make that happen. And you can sit in your room the whole night. You won't get a party, you won't get presents, you won't get friends, you're not going to have a cake. You're going to sit in your room and think about your behavior. Hmm, I wonder where Michelle could be. You found me big deal. Michelle, you have to know, no matter how old you get, you're always going to be my little princess. Just like Stephanie's always going to be my little ladybug. And DJ is always going to be my little tennis ball head. Somebody want to trade? I like being the baby. I'm good at it. Shorty, you're not special because you're a baby. You're special because you're you. I don't know, because you and I go way back. We've had a lot of cool times together, haven't we? Sing this. I got you, babe. Sing it. I'm good, babe. That settles it. You be sunny. Sing it again. I got you, babe. I want to, babe. She's back. She's cooler than ever. Yo, Hot Wheels. <laughs> moved out. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too, pal. But we, I have to put on our bravest face now, okay? we got to be really brave about this thing, all right? So let, let me see your brave face. Can you smile for me? That a girl. All right, now that we got this bravery thing happening, I want you to give me the biggest, most gigantic, most greatest hug you ever gave me in the whole entire world. Ready and go! Had a girl. This is a goodbye present. Michelle, it's your pig. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Well, in that case, here, I want you to have this. This is my pink bunny. I want you to put it up on the wall, and whenever you look at it, you can think of me, okay? You got it, dude. Oh, that scene always gets me so much. I always, whenever it comes on, I always, always cry. So let me go back to the first little uh, Jesse Michelle clip. They're on the couch. 
I don't know what episode this is from. It's got to be probably season two. Definitely. It's got to be season two. Um, Jesse is playing his guitar. Michelle's got a little toy guitar. And he's, like, playing the little uh, I Got You Babe song. And <laughs> he's like, all right, you, Michelle, try this. I got you, babe. And Michelle's like, I got you, babe. <laughs> and it's just cute. It's so cute. And I, I love her little, she's got pink Converse shoes on. And, of course, the next episode is going to be from the Slumber Party episode. I remember that. Because Danny wants to have a garage sale. He wants to have a sale because at the time, they are, um, are they? Like, getting... No, they're not, because they haven't got... No. I thought they were going to move all the stuff out of the attic for, like, um, when they were going to set up their little, um, Jesse and Joey's, uh, their, their jingle business, and, um, which they don't, because eventually they use, uh, the basement, which had been, uh, transformed from the garage to Joey's apartment. And, uh, they're like, what is all this garbage up here? It's basically a storage space for Danny's childhood memories. <laughs> it's got, um, one of those ant farms and then a Zorro sword. And I love how <laughs> Joey makes fun of Danny like, oh, that's your life? That's your childhood? Dead ants and a plastic sword? And I love Danny's response when he looks at Joey's like, Okay, it's a sad life, but it's my life. Like, come on, Joey! You got a bunch of stuff from your childhood that someone would make fun of you for still having. But anyway, the scene from that episode is Danny and Joey, they're in the backyard. Garage sale is not going great because Danny is marked up like a bowling trophy, which he didn't even get for bowling. He got it for cleanest ball. He put like $175 or something for a bowling trophy, which, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> I notice, um, if you notice in the past episodes before season four, um, outside I think it's Jesse's room, there is, yeah, I remember because it's from the Triple Date episode and other episodes you'll see, there is a brown lop rabbit picture and I noticed at the garage sale, that is one of the pictures that is on the ground with, like, other other picture frames. Of course, the camera focuses on Jesse coming in with his glasses, sunglasses, black leather jacket, white t-shirt. And then, of course, Michelle comes in on her big wheel. Like, hey, Hot Wheels, come on in. Come on, come on in. Show your daddy what how I dressed you. And, of course... Jesse's got the look, the stance where he's kind of leaning. He's got the thumbs and the um, the little belt loops, kind of like I'm like, hey, check me out. And Michelle, of course, takes the same same stance, same same pose as him. Of course, that's as far as you get with that clip. But I remember when she like pulled her jacket off on the side, like I got a tattoo, and the look on Danny's face is like, Jesse, I'll kill you. And Jesse's like, don't. It washes off with soap. Don't worry about it. And her tattoo, of course, said, Born to Behave. <laughs> I just love Danny's response. Like, Jess, I'll kill you. Of course, the episode I'm bawling my eyes out is, it's called Fuller House. It's right after the wedding. Jesse and Becky get back from their honeymoon. And, of course, 
Jesse's got to get all of his stuff packed and over to Becky's, which I'm not surprised. Why didn't they do that, like, maybe a couple days before the wedding? Like, all the stuff that's in boxes... Or was he already waiting to put, like, she's like, we got to get you packed and moved over to my place. And, of course, Michelle, think about it. Michelle has known Jesse since she was nine months old. Every single day she's woken up, Jesse has been there. So the idea that even if Jesse is moving ten minutes away, that is still going to be a major change for a child that has had someone in their life every single day that they can remember. And, of course, we get the exchange of, I want to give you a goodbye present, Uncle Jesse. Here's my pig. His name is, you know, his name is Pinky, which she will actually give the pig to Teddy during the long goodbye episode. I remember that because turns out at the end of the Fuller House episode, Jesse and Becky end up um, later on transforming that attic into a nice studio loft apartment, which is absolutely gorgeous. And he gives her, because he did change his room from those pink bunnies that Pam had put up for Stephanie, when Stephanie, that was originally Stephanie's room, and he said, I saved a pink bunny, and I put it in a frame, and I wanted you to have this. Of course, Michelle adorns the attic soon-to-be loft apartment for Jesse and Becky, whether, like, Michelle do the honors, she hangs up the photo frame, says, Uncle Jesse, welcome home, and that's the end of that episode. But it just, it breaks, and it's hard for Jesse, even though he's moving ten minutes away, he's seen this child, watched her go through all of her stages from, you know, he learned how to change diapers by changing her diaper. You know, he got, you know, developed a bond with this child. He's the only one that can give her her cough medicine and everything and her learning to walk and all of these milestones he had with this child. And it's just the idea that he's not going to be there. To, it, it breaks his heart. And it, it just, they have such a wonderful, beautiful bond to, together. The idea of breaking that duo up just is just, it's heart-wrenching. You know, and he gives her, you know, a kiss after he get, you know, before he give, you know, he exchange gifts, and he goes around to, cause he he's broken up about it, and he goes around the corner, you know, out into the hallway, and he's just, she, he's tearing up, she's tearing up. It's almost like goodbye, Michelle, because after I leave this room, I'm going to be leaving the house. Like we're everything's all set and back in the car, I am leaving. And that music, whoever composed that music for Full House, the um, engine, sound engineer, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they had when they put in that, that music. That You want to tug on the heartstrings? Every show that has that familiar type of music, they know when to hit you with that emotion. And you know when to well up and the tears are going to come. Just by the scene playing out, you're going to cry regardless. But that music is like a punch to the gut. Like, we get you crying. Let's pump in this music to make it a thousand times worse. Oh, and Danny also reveals um, that DJ's nickname, we never hear it, is Tennis Ball Head. And Stephanie's is the little ladybug. 
Okay, that must be just his nicknames for the kids, because I doubt Pam was like, oh, honey, let's call her the little, it was his firstborn child. Tennis ball head, really? Uh, you see, Michelle, I can never leave you, because you're my special <laughs> pal. And I love having you for a little sister. Yeah, me too. We've had a lot of laughs. You wouldn't believe the things I got you to do. Jesse, we cut back to present day. Jessie's on the bed with Michelle, and Michelle actually, she takes her arm and wipes it across her eyes like she's getting teared up. And Jessie kisses her on the nose like, you're my special pal, you're my buddy. And the other girls, they know that, they know that. I mean, they have good relationships with Jessie, but this bond between Michelle and Jessie is unbreakable. And I love how DJ's like, we love having you for a little sister. You won't believe some of the stuff that we got you to do. So this next clip is going to be from season one. It is going to be, let me look it up, from season one. Let's jump ahead. Where is it? I know what it is. I got a fun... Everyone in their mo motorcycles. You will not catch me on a motorcycle, but keep having to pause it after almost every word because you hear someone cranking that, revving that engine. They gotta be old Danny Zuko on the motor. Was Danny Zuko ever on a motorcycle in Greece? I don't think he was. He was in the Greece Lightning car, but not a motorcycle. What is the Mad Money season one, episode 21? My goodness. Uh, so yeah, in this episode, Jesse is coming and going out of the house. He's got a blue duffel bag. He's got something in it, but of course, he's not going to tell anybody what's in there. It's kind of hush-hush. He's doing, guys, it's not illegal, don't worry. It's, it's, it's something cool. And he just, he's embarrassed. He doesn't want to know, the, the family to know. And of course, duffel bag is unattended in the living room. DJ's hovering over it. She's like, I don't care what's in the bag. She's trying to psych herself out like, I don't care. It's not my business. But she's like, hmm, well, if I can't go into the bag myself, hmm, what? Oh, I got an idea. <gasps> Here's a cookie. She turns to Michelle like, if I can't get into the bag, I know someone else who can and who will take the blame for me. So she holds up an Oreo. And Michelle, who's sitting in her playpen, her arms are, like, dangling over the, the side of it. And DJ holds up the story like, Look, Michelle, I got a cookie. I bet you want this yummy cookie. And Michelle, I mean, her eyes are like saucers as she zeroes in on that cookie. Like, ooh, a cookie. This kid wanted cookies out of the womb, I bet. Like, cookies, cake, yummy, yummy. And at one point, DJ goes to unzip the bag herself before she starts to include Michelle. And she slaps her own hand like, no, <laughs> bad hand. You don't care what's in this bag. It's not your business. I don't care what's in the bag. <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't do it, should I, Michelle? <laughs> what if... Look, Michelle, I've got a cookie. Yeah, you want the cookie? They're yummy. Want the cookie? Yeah. Come get the yummy cookie. Oops. 
dropped it in the bag. Go find it. Unzip the bag, Michelle. Let's see what's in there. Never mind the cookie. Get the zipper open. Let's see what Uncle Jesse's hiding in there. She did it. Shame on you, Michelle. <laughs> so DJ pulls Michelle out of the playpen, has the cookie like she's guiding her, like, come on, come a little closer, just a little. Oh, where'd the cookie go, Michelle? I dropped it in the bag. Go find it, Michelle. And Michelle, like, zips the bag open. Or no, she zips it open enough because she's got her hand in there. She's rooting around for it. And DJ's like, never mind the cookie. Get the zipper open, Michelle. See what Uncle Jesse's hiding in there. Unbeknownst to DJ, Danny and Jesse have come from the kitchen into the living room. And they're watching this. And Michelle actually pulls out the cookie. And DJ's like, you found the cookie? Like, yeah, she wasn't going to stop until she got that cookie. And, of course, DJ found out. She said, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was her. It was all her her idea. It was her doing. And Jesse's like, well, shame on you, Michelle. You don't want to be a nosy busybody like your sister over here. Michelle does not care. She's like, I got this cookie. She goes to lick it like, oh, wait, this isn't cream. Oh, I'm supposed to take the top off of it first. <laughs> And, of course, DJ's, like, and um, her voiceover, like, you learn some tricks yourself. And she put, we see Michelle in her room, in her nightgown. She's got Sparky, the dog from, this has got to be the dog from the Beethoven and Beethoven second movie. It's got to be the same dog. And she's like, you'll be my dog. I'll call you Peanut. And, of course, Michelle comes up, or... DJ comes up the stairs says, hey, I'm looking for Sparky. Have you seen him? She's like, oh, Michelle's like, nope, nope, no Sparky here. Have a nice day. And, of course, we hear from the bed, Burf! because Sparky went and hid under this ginormous pile of toys. And DJ looks like, and she looks at Michelle, uh, did that bunny rabbit just bark? And Michelle's like, oh, no. She plays it off like, no, that was me. See? Roof, roof, roof. I'm a doggy. Woof, woof. See? That was all me. Good night, good night. Go out. Go, go, go away. Go away. Nice try. You learned a few tricks. You can be my dog. I'll call you Peanut. <laughs> Michelle. Go hide on the bed, but no barking. <laughs> hey, Michelle, have you seen Sparky? Miss Bucky here. Have a nice day. <laughs> that bunny rabbit just bark. <laughs> that was me. Arf, 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 arf. <laughs> Maybe it's a doggy. <laughs> I remember that episode was from season four, One Last Kiss, when Jesse goes to his 10-year high school reunion. His old girlfriend, Carrie Fowler, is there. Also, Comet celebrates a birthday, so of course they got to invite all the neighborhood dogs on the block. Sparky happens to be one of those dogs, and Michelle takes the dog up to a room, and the dog is small. It's a Jack Russell Terrier, and the reason that she wants this dog that she explains to DJ, because DJ's like, well, sweetie, you already have a dog. Comet. And Michelle, it's understandable. Michelle is small. Comet, she remembers Comet was a puppy at one point, and then he got to be bigger than her. 
And DJ gets it. Like, yeah, I get it. You want a doll that's your size because, you know, Comet's big, big for you. And she says, tries to break this down in a way that Michelle maybe can understand, but the logic is not going through. DJ's like, well, Comet's all done growing now, but you're still getting bigger. And of course, once you get bigger, Comet will look like he's getting smaller when he's actually staying the same size. Like, um, what? She's, she's three. DJ, please. She might have the mind of a sponge, but I don't think any kid's going to get that logic. Of course, DJ also adds, when we really needed you, Michelle, you were always there to help us out. And this episode, of course, is from Season four's The Hole in the Wall Gang, where DJ, for whatever reason, is into wearing Danny's shirts because dressing like your dad or dressing like a guy in the 90s when you're a teenager was something cool. I think she said she wanted to get dad sh- her dad's shirt and a tie. But whatever. Whatever you're into, I guess. Um, <laughs> Danny is a beanpole, so that thing's going to be huge on her. Of course, Stephanie wants to do everything her big sister does. So, like, oh, dad's got a shirt. It's just like it. And, I, and, and DJ's like, well, you are not going out of the house dressed like me. You are not doing that. And Danny even labels on the inside of the cuff the date that he plans to wear the shirt. Because DJ looks at the tag and says, oh, well, he's not scheduled to wear this until this date. And that's when Stephanie's like, oh, well, he's got another one like it. And that's when DJ's like, uh, Steph, you are not going out of the house dressed like me. You're already dressed like me and I hate it. And (laughs) Stephanie's like, did you ever think that maybe you're dressed like me? Like, yeah, right. Great way to build yourself up there, Steph. Great logic. Of course, they start pulling on the shirt. Like, leave it alone. You leave it alone. No, no. Of course, the rod comes down. The clothes are all in a heap. And you'd think it ends there, right? Like, oh, we'll just take the clothes off. We'll, you know, put the rod up and everything. No. They get into a tug-of-war match. Like, oh, here, let me fix this. No, let me fix it. I'll fix it. Kaboom! Goes into the wall. That rug goes right through that drywall. Like, crap, there's a hole in the wall in Dad's room. And he knows he's going to find out because he knows every square inch of this room in specific detail. So they got to figure out, like, hey, how are we going to get this fixed without Dad knowing? They're like, well, wait a minute. Jesse and Joey are upstairs in that uh, apartment working on it. They're handymen. They're going to know how to fix a hole in the wall. So they go up, ask some questions. They get the plaster they need, take it downstairs. Meanwhile, they've told Michelle, watch this hole. Make sure it doesn't go anywhere, which it's not going anywhere. I'd be like, because eventually like, oh, dad's home. This is not good because they patched up the hole. But of course, there's a big... um, spot of you know plaster and it's gonna stand out so what they decide to do is let's shove everything from the left to the right side of it you know just pull everything across this wall which they're gonna notice a a portrait that's on the wall is gonna have to be re-nailed in another spot there's gonna be a hole there right so Apparently, they're like, all right, Michelle, what we need you to do now is you need to go downstairs and stall him. And it's like, well, whatever. Michelle's good at asking questions and stuff like that. So she tricks Dan. Like, hey, I can see my phone number. 555-2424. Hey, watch me 
say my number with my eyeballs closed. And <laughs> Danny's like, no, something's wrong. Something, what's going on? Because she even says at one point, I can do a cheer. And she does the splits. <laughs> and finally, he's like, hey, I'm going to go upstairs and check on your sisters. Michelle's like, well, they're not doing anything wrong. I'm like, oh, Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Why, sweetie? Why? And of course, he goes to the stairs Michelle blocks his path saying, you can't go upstairs. And he's like, uh, yeah, I can't. And he takes and picks her up, carries her up the stairs. As Michelle shouts, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And Danny, I gotta get a sip of water. My mouth is like dry as the Sahara. Mm. Um. <laughs> and Danny's like, what's going on? Why are you in my room? And why did Michelle tell me her phone number with her eyes closed? I mean, she even did that. The question is, why did she do that? You two are clearly up to something. So I'm going to play this clip. Leave the shirt alone. No, leave it alone. <laughs> You're in big trouble, mister. Now I'm going to go upstairs and see if your sisters are up there. They're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> Pretty much means they are, doesn't it? You cannot go upstairs. Oh, yes, I can. He's coming, 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 he's not polite to yell. Michelle, I have enough problems without the polite police on my tail. So just stay out of this. I forgot to say please. That's it. This is not polite. This is not polite. This is not polite. Thank you. You are not welcome. We get a clip from the episode Working Girl, which is I gotta say that's from season four as well. Where DJ gets a job as a photographer's assistant. Michelle, of course, is the polite police of the week at preschool. So she's got a cute little uh, cardboard uh, silver badge. And she's kind of correcting everybody. DJ, of course, is not able to keep her grade up in science or... Chemistry, science, I think it is. She gets an F. And she's like, Kimmy, why did you make this F into an A? Because it looks like someone... No, that's not how you write an A. And Michelle's like, it's not polite to yell. And DJ's like, Michelle, I've had enough of you. She picks Michelle up under her armpits and moves her out into the living room doorway. Of course, we get continuation of that episode where Michelle is like, oh, I see you have cupcakes, Stephanie. Can I have it? May I have your cupcake? And of course, Stephanie's like, no, you may not. And Michelle's like, well, I was polite. I said, please, please, can I have your cupcake? And Stephanie's like, yeah, so was I. I was also polite. I said, no, you may not. Michelle, in a fit of rage, yanks off that silver star, slaps it on the table and says, (coughs) excuse me, guess what? 
politeness week is over, takes the cupcake and runs out of the kitchen with it. Mich- uh, Stephanie's like, how rude. And I'd be like, Michelle. <coughs> I am sorry for the coughing. Michelle, if you wanted a cupcake, I could have gotten you one. You didn't have to take mine. This kid just comes in, she takes stuff. May I have that cupcake, please? No, you may not. But I was polite and I said, please. I was polite too. I said, no, you may not. Guess what? (laughs) Politeness week is over. You are a piece of work. Thank you. I think. What Stephanie's trying to say is, you're a really cool young lady. If you got any more stories about me, I want to hear them. <laughs> All right, a nigga. <laughs> All right, a Cheeto. <laughs> So we cut back to the bedroom and Stephanie's like, hey, Michelle, you are a piece of work. And Michelle's like, thanks, I think. (laughs) And of course, Joey kind of says, hey, look, you are a cool little lady. And Michelle's like, if you got more stories, I want to hear about them. Of course, we cut to Michelle digging in the couch, looking for change. She finds a icky lint-covered Cheeto, which apparently is crunchy because she pops it in her mouth and you hear the crunch. There's an ice cream man outside. She goes to the door, yells out, wait, I have money. She goes back, grabs her piggy bank. She's tipping it up where the coin slot is, thinking that the coins are going to fall out. Sweetie, you actually have to take the little, um, the plug out of the bottom of it, and then the coins are just going to fall out. Which, I don't even think she's got enough money for an ice cream cone. Of course, we finally get one with Joey and Michelle, because we haven't gotten one with them. We've pretty much gotten one with every other member of the family, except for Joey. Michelle comes in. She's very angry. Jesse and Becky are now, they're married. They're in their apartment. They want some alone time. And they locked Michelle out because she kept coming up there wanting to hang out. She goes to Joey and says, hey, I'm very angry. Do you want to know why I'm very angry? Because Uncle Jesse locked me out. And Joey's like, well, why would he do that? And she's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm a fun girl. And Joey's like, well... Don't take it personally, Michelle, but I think Uncle Jesse and Becky want some privacy. Michelle, four years old, does not know the meaning of the word privacy. Like, basically, they just want to be left alone for a little bit. So, Michelle gets Joey to go and interrupt Jesse and Becky's alone time. Which, Joey, you know better. Come on. Because she even at one point asked what Jesse and Becky are doing up there. And Joey just refers to marital relations as doing their taxes. And Michelle's like, are they going to be doing that every night? 
And Joey's like, well, uh, for for the first couple of months, sure. Why are you very mad? Uncle Jesse locked me out. Now, why would Uncle Jesse do something like that? I don't know. I'm a fun girl. Well, I'm just guessing, Michelle, but I think Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky just want some privacy. What is privacy? Well, privacy means that they just want to spend some time together, just the two of them. What are they doing in there? <laughs> well, they're, um, they're doing their taxes. Are they going to do their taxes every night? For the first couple of months. <laughs> we got a shot here of Michelle and Joey singing the Popeye song with the little Popeye stuffed doll. We also got Bluto. They both do an impression of Popeye. We are now in Jesse's room. We got Jesse and Joey both wearing black sunglasses. Joey's wearing his classic black beret. Jesse's jamming on a guitar. They're going to play the little teapot song. We got downstairs. Jesse and the Rippers are jamming and singing Dua Diddy. Veda Sultanfuss's favorite song in My Girl, which you'll hear a lot. Actually, I think that's a song that she uses to try to untrigger herself or come down from the PTSD syndrome that she has over being in the basement, which is where her father embalms dead bodies. Um, of course, I will be reviewing <laughs> in the middle of the Full House episode. Um, I will be reviewing My Girl later this month, so look forward to that. Not only will I be reviewing the movie, but I will also be going through the novelization to pick parts out of the novelization that didn't make it into the final cut of the movie. One scene in particular that I think was probably very inappropriate that would not have made it into the movie. She got a... <laughs> she got a... Uh, we got a little Michelle montage here. Just going fast through these clips. We got the song by Joe Crocker, You Are So Beautiful. We got cute little clips of baby Michelle. Scenes from the episode where there is... I think this is the episode, uh, the seventh month itch part two, where Joey, who's not the greatest cook... Gives the family pancakes, gives one to Michelle, and she's like, well, this isn't a donut. It's not a cookie. It's not a piece of cake. I don't want it. Blech. We see Danny walking backwards into the living room with a camcorder aimed at Michelle as she's toddling into the living room. We see an episode, Mr. Egghead, where Michelle has got the little wooden table in the kitchen. She's got two big jars, one of peanut butter, one of grape jelly. And she is making the biggest mess trying to make a sandwich. I mean, this table is covered in peanut butter and jelly. It's really... Ugh. No amount of cleaning is going to get that stuff completely off without it still having sticky residue on it. Especially with the jelly. We get the episode I just covered recently, The Greatest Birthday on Earth, which is Season 3, Episode 10. We get a really cute shot of Jesse on the couch... Lying down, he's got Michelle on his chest. He's got a little nice fur, faux fur rug or blanket on top of her. Looks like maybe she wasn't feeling so great and he's just kind of cuddling with her on the couch. This is a really cute moment. 
We get a cute... That's from, I think, the Halloween episode where Michelle comes in dressed like a pumpkin. We see the episode, uh, I believe it's El Problema DJ, where DJ is failing Spanish. Hey, Lund. How you doing, buddy? London, my bun bun. My rabbit. And Michelle gets cast in a commercial for the uh, Mr. Marshmallow campaign. Of course, the commercial does not even get off the ground. They don't even film it because she's eaten a whole entire bag of marshmallows. Oh, we get a shot of the Jesse and Becky's wedding as Michelle's walking down with this cute little wicker white basket with little flower petals. Aww. We see Danny's got Michelle. They're both wearing blue and red yellow type of shirts. And, of course, he's got her up high in the air so she can slam dunk into this toy basketball hoop. And then, of course, we see Martin, R.I.P., Martin Tanner the Goldfish. We see her dancing with a Bugs Bunny that's about as tall as she is. This is from 13 Candles. I believe that is from season three, two, three. A really cute one where she's dressed up as a ballerina. We have a little music box ballerina like going, you know, rotating and playing a song. It's cute. And we close on the montage with a clip of baby Michelle from the pilot episode. She's in her little play playpen. She's got her arms outstretched like da 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 da. Wow, <laughs> I'm cooler than I thought. And the older you get, the cooler you're going to be. But you gotta keep growing up. So, are you ready to turn five now? Yes, I am. It's party time! Uh, not so fast. You still have two hours and 13 minutes to go. This is the longest day of my life. <laughs> so we cut back to Michelle and Stephanie's bedroom where Michelle's like, Wow, I'm cooler than I thought. And Danny's like, that's right, you are cool. But the thing is, you have got to keep growing up. The cooler, the older you get, the cooler you'll get. So you got to keep growing up, all right? And, of course, like, hey, you ready to turn five now? She's like, you bet. Let's go jo do that party. And, of course, Joey's like, look, Michelle, uh, not so fast. We still got two hours and 13 minutes. So it's been 16 minutes. This episode, <laughs> the span of time was 16 minutes. Because at the beginning, Becky said you have 2 hours and 29 minutes. Now so you have 2 hours and 16 minutes. Interesting. We did all that in the course of 16 minutes. <laughs> wow. So that was the episode. I hope you, I hope you liked it. I have to say, definitely my lesson learned from this episode is going to be look. Your birthday comes once a year, just because it's your special day and you want the attention put on you does not really warrant the right for you to be a jerk to people. I mean, come on. I know it's your special day, but come on. I know. I know. You want to have it all. You want to have it your way because it's your day. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> but uh, come on. Just because it's, like I said, like it's, it's your day doesn't mean you get to be a jerk to somebody. Because Michelle was being kind of a jerk. She was being a little, she was being a little butt. And as I say, nobody likes a butt. I didn't really have an, a, 
a line for a favorite line from the episode, but um, as far as our outfits go, it was all mainly flashbacks, so really no cool outfits or anything either. So yeah, look forward to the book, the Full House Michelle book entitled Lucky Lucky Day. It's a short book, so what I'm going to do in the next episode, bonus episode, is I'm going to read the book and kind of go along and just kind of uh, give a little commentary on it, something like that. So yeah, look forward to that. This episode's going to be released on the 13th, which is the Olsen twins' birthday, so yeah. Oh, Saturday night at 9.29. Let me tell you, I mean... This is 9.29 at night, not 9.29 in the morning. I'd probably still be asleep. Um, it was like, it got up to 80 degrees. Now, I'm not complaining, all right? I'm not complaining about the weather. What I am saying, London, please. <laughs> He's nosing around my foot. Um, my rabbit is unneutered. And I kind of wish I had gotten him fixed because he is just constantly, I can't even walk around him because he'll, you know, you know what they do. But anyway, it's 80 degrees. I went and saw a movie, a couple, actually, no, yeah. I saw Rocket Man, saw that first. I liked it. I thought it was good. And Secret Life of Pets 2, which I gotta say, in, in my own opinion, I like Secret Life of Pets 2 a little more than Secret Life of Pets 1. Now, that is not just because they changed voice actors for The Dog Who Plays Max. In the first movie, it was by Louis C.K. And the second one, it's Patton Oswalt, who you will probably know voiced Remy from Ratatouille. Disney's Ratatouille. And also does a narration for the, um, Adam Goldberg on The Goldberg Show. Um... I don't know, I just, I wasn't feeling the first movie, but I just, I thought it was cute. I love the second one, it's funny, it made me laugh. The first one made me laugh a little too, but I just, I like this one especially more. So anyway, um, yeah, I got to my car. I had the a AC on for a bit, and it's like, it's not like throwing out, like, it, I, I know the AC in a car takes a bit to get, you know, going, doing its thing. And then after a while, I was, like, I was telling Jeremy, like, this should feel like an ice chest in my car, but it doesn't. I had it on three. I had it cranked almost all the way to the, um, the cold, uh, thing. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, went to Target. Went to Barnes & Noble. I was feeling really, like, ill. Like, my stomach was bugging me. I had a headache. And I think sometimes when it gets that hot... The heat just kind of does something to me, just kind of like, not just saps the energy out of me, but makes me almost physically ill. And I'm just nervous about, you know, it's not even summer yet, 100%. It's not the 21st. We still got less than two weeks. But I know, I work in a factory type setting, guys, and let me tell you, um, I almost, not quite two years ago, ended up in the emergency room because... My, the people I work with think, I mean, my coworker did not think it was heat stroke because he saw me hit my elbow hard on, um, the stand that I, that I, uh, put parts on and stuff. And immediately, and I've mentioned this before on, uh, you know, the Punky Brewster podcast and stuff when it happened. I just felt like I was going to throw up. 
and my, um, one of the higher up people saw me, and the maintenance, uh, the, uh, tech guy saw me, and they kind of, because I was, like, weaving, like, to the point where they were guiding me to the bathroom, and my vision just went, boom, blacked out, and my speech was really slurred, and, uh, they're like, do we need to call a doctor or ambulance or something? I called Jeremy, he came and got me, we went to the emergency room just to, uh, get things checked out, and it just, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I just was like, ah, and they're getting fluids in me and stuff like that, but it's just like, oof. Never again. I do not ever want to go through an experience like that again. That was really scary. But then again, that day, you know, I was drinking water by the gallon, it felt like. But I wasn't getting my electrolytes by either Powerade or Gatorade or something. And I think maybe that might, I mean, the heat, it was probably like 80-some degrees outside in a factory where you don't really have a lot of windows, even though you got fans and stuff like that. It must have been what felt like close to 100 degrees in there. And if that, fans are just circulating the warm air, they're not doing anything. But let me just say, you got it in the summer months when it's getting that hot, keep yourself hydrated. Water, Gatorade, whatever, get your electrolytes cut down on the pop. I'm doing my best to work on that still. Um, but yeah, you got to take care of yourselves in the summer months. If you go out walking, you go outside, definitely put on sunscreen, but make sure you stay hydrated. And headaches are probably one of the first signs. It's like you need to get out of the sun. You need to get into some air conditioning or, you know, a stomach ache or, or, or something. Because that's how I felt today. And I was just hanging around. I was, like, I was in the air conditioning. It was like I just felt really... Stop, Lundy. Crazy rabbit. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Here's another tip. You get a rabbit, it's a male, you get him fixed. You get him fixed. And they, you won't have to deal with the humping and stuff. It's, it's, that's why I got an Elfie fix when I had him. And the only reason I didn't with this guy is because he had a little issue. So I put it off. Stop, Lundy! Oh my god! This rabbit is relentless, I tell you. <laughs> I love him like crazy, but still, it's like, please, just stop. But alright guys, um, I will be back on the 21st with the summer episodes but of course I'm thinking you know what I want to do summertime I was thinking about this like a week or so ago what's a fun episode of Full House that we can do that has not been done it's from season five let me find it where is it seriously where is it oh here it is season five episode 20 entitled driving miss DJ what is one thing that kids that are at least 15, 16 get to look forward to? Getting your driver's license. Taking driver's training. Fun stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to cover this episode. It's freaking hilarious. Anyone who's been in a car with a parent in the passenger seat knows this feeling. Your parent is going to be on you. Why didn't you signal at this light? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you... Yeah. Let me tell you, I don't like driving with Jeremy. I don't. I mean, I don't like him in the passenger seat because he will be, why didn't you do that? Oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. 
everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Like I said, with the heat getting warm, guys, you need to take care of yourselves, all right? Stay hydrated. Stay out of the sun if you have to. Wear sunscreen. Protect yourselves. You're the only ones that can protect yourselves, all right? Be safe. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.